You what? Why are you so fucking dumb? Why? <laughs> <laughs> How is that not the same time? You can't fucking. You were. You for sure have no rhythm. <laughs> Listen, of all the white people I know, I have the most rhythm. Okay. I'm not gonna saying assume that's it's a the least rhythm. <laughs> I'm just saying it's the best. All right, we're here. Twelve six podcast. We're gonna cover the UFC two sixty eight. We're gonna talk about Max fighting this weekend. We're going to start off by talking a little bit about ourselves because we gave very little information regarding our history as mixed martial arts fans. Um, my, my name is Nigel. I'm here with Anthony Michael, the Goose, Mongoose, six in three professional fighter. I started watching mixed martial arts um, when I was nine years old officially, and that was UFC 8. It was a family affair. My dad was a martial artist. Um, a black belt of some kind in taekwondo i don't know how valuable that was or is but that's why we got into it dad was into the martial arts magazines and stuff like that there was always an issue of black belt floating around the house um and i remember ufc 8 being the first one i have a core memory of my grandma talking about how shamrock was not as aggressive fighting chemo or excuse me chemo was not as aggressive fighting shamrock as he was when he fought gracie having no idea who gracie was uh eight ufc's later i saw ufc 16 and that stuck with me because frank shamrock slammed this igor zinevive hard name to say on his head in 22 seconds broke his collarbone ended the fight right there and i started wrestling because of that um, we've been a fan ever since then. My first favorite fighter, and I guess that was the family favorite, uh, was Vitor Belfort because we watched him wipe out Vanderlei shortly after that. I'm sure my dad at that time already had knowledge of uh, Vitor winning the UFC 12 tournament and all of that. Um, but I've been watching ever since, so I've been a mixed martial arts fan for, damn, like almost 25 years or over 25 years, close to that, most of my life. Older now. Older now. Now, what about you? When was your first UFC event that you recall? When did you really start picking up fanhood? And when did you start training? So, my first event I do, like, remember watching uh, with the family, with my stepdad. He was, he was kind of the only fight fan um, outside of boxing that I actually knew and grew up with. Um, my best friend's dad did, too. So we had events later on where I kind of caught on, I think, more over there. But I remember the very first one was UFC 9, and that was Dan Severin and Shamrock at, it was in Detroit. And I think that's probably why my uh, my stepdad made it a thing. My stepdad's a loyal Detroit fan. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Lions and the Pistons. And the, <laughs> so uh, I think that was the first, first thing. Um, first event I remember actually watching with the family and, and getting into otherwise I I really didn't catch on and, and watch much UFC um, until later on but I remember um, 100 everybody remembers UFC 100 if, if you're a fan even a casual fan uh, can kind of pick it out from others um, Lesnar was the you know big storm giant storm rolling through so um, that's the, those are the first ones. Then I actually started training soon after that. My buddy is who got me to watch 100. He's a huge wrestling fan. 
So once we mm-hmm. watched 100, he was like, hey, man, we got to go to the gym. We got to do this. And I'm like, you're fucking crazy. So um, after some back and forth and all that good stuff, we finally decided I would go to get him to shut up. And uh, I fell in love with it. So that was 2011 when I, sh- well, late 2010 when I, when I made it to the gym. And I started fighting in early 2011. So I didn't have much training experience. Um, really not too much studying experience anything kind of rolled into it so i had a 26 or 27 fight amateur career uh went pro in 2015 and i'm now here at six and three now what did you what was your original discipline obviously you kind of probably started training them all at once but you specialized somewhat um what did you specialize in and why so quincy my my first coach was a um judo guy so I began in a Kosen Judo form, and we kind of mixed it all in from there. Quincy had some cool fundamental striking, but that's about it. Very fundamental striking. So um, <laughs> it made me very technical on the, on the basics. And uh, even I actually just rewatched one of my fights yesterday. And... You can literally hear the announcers, the commentators, saying, yeah, very technical from Anthony Michael. And it's like years <laughs> later. And I'm like, damn it, man. Why can't I just be? So, um, yeah, we, we kind of started with that. I was very, very lucky to have Rich Franklin's boxing coach uh, mm. for a long time um, boxing coach come in. He was another early favorite of mine. <sighs> Rich. Yeah, mine too. It was hard. It was hard watching him fight Anderson. It was. <laughs> but it was actually really cool, too, to see two, like, just legends but um, absolutely yeah he came in and he worked with me a lot with my boxing which was awesome and out of nowhere uh he his wife had landed a job in in michigan he was like shit i gotta move you know walked into our gym one day just a little old garage car garage turned into an mma gym um ragtag is is all can be and he walked in like i'm gonna run a class can i run a class because he's like I don't know who you are, but sure. And uh, my boxing, I loved boxing from then on. Um, and boxing was my first love before I began training. I just never trained. So it was really cool to get that work. But yeah, started in like a Kosen Judo, moved to boxing, and then kind of everything just kind of went from there. And here I am. All right, that's wanted to get that out of the way. Um, that one is going to be audio podcast exclusive. So... If you are watching the audio or listening to the audio, you got all that background. If you're watching the video, welcome to the 12-6 MMA podcast. I am your host, Nigel Branch, co-hosting, as always, Champ Goose. We're going to cover UFC 268. Um, we got a couple of points there. We're going to preview the Max versus Yair fight, and we're going to try to keep it a little bit shorter than last time. What? And not go on a whole marathon. <laughs> what? So, um, obviously, I think like the big, uh, the big winner of the prelims was Barnett. Yeah. That spinning heel kick. Dude. Um, did not see that one coming. Uh, I assumed he was going to win the fight because, man, Gian Volante's been around for a long time. He was his retirement fight. Um unexpected star there not really much to say about it other than unexpected star the guy's got great energy 
Uh, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Um, I think my expectations are properly tempered. I think he's going to be a fan favorite, but you know, it's kind of an indicator that he lost his UFC debut against Ben Rothwell. That kind of lets you know where he stands. I would guess. Also, because, a very tough fight to throw him into for that. By oh the yeah, way. very tough fight to throw him into. But he's not. A, he's not a spring chicken. He's no, no. He's not a young fighter. Nope. You know, so it's kind of at that point where he kind of probably testing, is Graham. what he is. Um. Not to say that he can't get much better or anything like that, but just saying he doesn't seem like a future champion, but he seems like a fun one to watch, and I'm a big fan already. I love I, his energy and his personality. I am too. I really like his personality. I love everything he said in interviews so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things I had saw maybe on Twitter or maybe it was Instagram, um, he was doing an interview, I want to say with Hawani, and he mentioned, like, I'm just a guy, man. I'm just, I'm just another guy. No one knows me. I'm for the people, you know, he's, he's like the people's champ in, in, in that aspect. And he goes, mm-hmm. yet. And I really like that. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Chris. So one of the things that I would like to bring up first and foremost from the prelims, um, was he pushed too fast? Was he hyped too high? Is he overrated? Or is he just in a place in his career where maybe he should be fighting uh, down a little bit to gain more experience. Um, Edmund Shabazian was really looked at like he was going to be the next big thing for a minute, and he's now dropped three straight, um, and two of those were really brutal. Um, But he looked um, out of his league against Zymovov, in my opinion. It was really, really brutally one-sided, it seemed like. Um... And he's got, you know, he's got a quality wins against guys like Brad Tavares, but Brunson, Hermanson, Imovov, guys that are probably top ten, top five, um, maybe a little bit too soon. Do you think he's properly over or underrated? Now, mind you, he's only 23 years old, and those are the guys they had him fighting. He's young. <clears throat> but when you have that kind of expectations, um, I mean, you got to win or you lose. We're seeing the losing end. All three of these losses were in the UFC. Yes, he um, was 11-0 and 0 up until the Brunson fight. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, you know, you get to the UFC, that's your proving ground. That's the proving ground. So, I mean, I'd say he's he's properly rated. I don't think he's bad by any means. Um, Do you think he's top 15? Man, that's tough to say. Fringe. They've got... They've got him falling down to 15. He was up there much higher. Um, I think Imovov is now tied for 12th okay. with Kevin Holland. And Shabazian has a win over number 11, Brad Tavares. Um, right be- he's ranked right below Chris Weidman right now. I think um, he's probably a fringe 15 fighter at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think if you can catch his momentum going back up. I mean, he's 23. He has a lot of time. You still have three, four. I mean... Really, at the end of the day, you still have seven, eight, nine years before you really have to show that you're you've you've gotten that experience. You become that champion. Does mm. do we want to see that? No, we want to we want to see the story of him taking these three and running with it and becoming champion next. But um, yeah, maybe it's time to just give him a little bit of confidence. Let's get him back moving. Let's get the momentum back under him. Confidence is a huge thing in MMA. So I uh, guess we he see had much. Here. He had much bigger wins and also a lot more cage time and experience, but I think it's kind of you can do a 1-1 comparison there. 
uh, with Darren Till in a lot of ways, where he was he's relatively young when he got pushed into the higher, you know, he got pushed into the deep end fast. And granted, he proved himself. Um, we didn't really think of Cerrone as totally, you know, flagging at that point. So that was a big win. Um, you know, getting a win over T- Stephen Thompson is always, always yeah. tough, no matter who you are, especially as a striker. Um, but he's four and one, or one and four, excuse me, in his last four fights, and that's all at the very top of the division. I the mean, very top of two. You're fighting the top of the matter. division, so mm-hmm. I would, you know, you got to kind of take that. You got to take that home. You got to take that to the gym. Take it to your coaches. Take it to your manager. All at once, and say, I appreciated this. And you either grow from it or you find yourself in that struggle area like, oh, man, I never had it. I never, you know, I peaked too early. You're 23, man. You got a lot of time. I think I think you can just grow from this and, and go back to the drawing board, hit it hard. Nothing, no, nothing to be ashamed it, of there. Do you think it's time for him to move on from that camp? Everybody obviously is well aware. Glendale Fighting Club head trainer Edmund Taraverdian, um, much maligned head trainer. Do you think he would serve himself well? And he's also been training at this same place since he was nine years old, or ten years old, or twelve years old, somewhere in that range. Very, very young age. He's been at the same gym. Um, not necessarily an indictment on the coach, uh, but you think he would be better served to get a different look somewhere else, having you know pretty much been at the same place the whole time um you would know better than i do is it time to get a different look if you've if you kind of if you're at one gym for that long in your formative years have you kind of learned most of what they have to teach you well i think it depends if your coaches aren't growing you're not going to grow you're going to be very stable and consistent in what you know but then it becomes a very long process of continuing the same techniques and continuing so either new guys have to come in and kind of help those coaches and make those coaches grow as well or you get stuck in a rut that you don't sometimes you don't know you're in because maybe you are at the top of your gym um there's a lot of times where you 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 know you always hear cool you're the big fish in a small pond or you know you're the other way around too it it depends. Are they bringing in good guys for his camps? Um, he's fighting top guys. You got to bring good guys in so he gets that pressure in camp. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those things we talked about last week too. You got to trust your coaches and you have to have that trust. If you've been there since you're nine years old, you're 23. You've been there for 14 years. I would assume you have some kind of trust in there. Um, but there's also lots of things to explore and maybe when you're not in camp you can travel to other gyms and kind of see what's what's out there even if you're not looking to change gyms you can still go to another gym um and do four weeks do six weeks and kind of check it out and see you know what are some things i can use to evolve or level up in my own game um and even sometimes guys bring even even bring coaches with them even if it's not a a very consistent coach maybe they'll bring just a guy a training partner with them that way you can bring all those ideas back home and say, hey, look, this is what we learned. Hey, they let us record this after every drilling session. Hey, this is what we learned today. That's a big thing is recording or, or taking notes, um, something I didn't do a lot when I first got to ATT that I try to do a little bit more of now. Like, hey, remember this. When you're here, do this. When you're here, do this. Those are good good things. 
they work for me. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one. If you trust your coaches, keep your trust, mm-hmm. I guess. But hey, venture out, see a little bit. He's definitely. I mean, I'm looking for looking for more fighters from the Glendale Fight Club, and he definitely seems like uh, the big fish in a little pond over there. Probably, and a lot of times you also get um, MMA is also still mark a marketing tool, right? So you have some guys who are really good in the gym but not so good when they get in the cage or get get under the lights or get under the pressure or dealt with the weight cut and go into the fight. I don't see Shabazian as that guy. Um, I think he just tough or, or fought tough guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe you're 23, man. I would definitely say look around. You don't have to shop a different coach today, but definitely something to look at and, and be optimistic about. Okay, and on the other end of the spectrum, um, you think it's time for Frankie Edgar to hang it up? Man, that was a fun fight, but not a fun ending for for me as an Edgar, a huge Edgar fan. Yeah. Um. No. And I think it's it's good to point out that his very last fight was the uh, the Sandhagen fight. And that was the first time he's ever sp- been finished, right? Yes, but that's well. No, it wasn't. Or um, Ortega was. Okay, okay, okay. But th- I think that's one of the, the key things that I am look that I'm seeing here is that if you've never been finished in your career, and three of, and you've been finished in three of your last four fights, the chin is going. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know you if know, it's time to hang it up, but it might be time to hang up like the the top top game you know and is go ahead and it, I favor fought on those prelims for a long time and I loved it I thought it was awesome mm-hmm. I'm not against it um here's the thing though I love it is the UFC gonna allow that because that's the it's for the UFC we've, we've had this discussion the UFC they are all about feeding the old to the young is he going to get, and with a name like Edgar has, is he going to get any matchups that would be fun fights to see him in that he can be competitive in going forward? Or are they just going to keep throwing him to Chan Sung Jung's and Corey Sandhagen's, Marlon Vera's, guys that are trying to break in and get it some name value? Um, I think that that's the main reason he should hang it up is because he's in that position that a lot of, older fighters get into where they stand to beat the majority of the division they're never going to see a title again they're never going to fight for a title again he's so far from that he's two and or he's yeah he's two and in five in his last seven fights and four of those were brutal knockouts um you know it's really really tough if he's getting fights like he like you know like he he won one against Cub Swanson in 18, 2018, if he's getting fights against other guys on his level, then I would say don't retire. But Frankie has to know that those aren't the kind of fights that he's gonna get. You know, at some point you got to start thinking about your health. You got to start thinking about the fact that you've been in there for a long, long time. Um, he's I think forty years old, and I think that. If he was in an organization that valued him 
in a way that they would allow him to go out fighting guys more close to his level, then he'd be okay. But I highly doubt he wants to leave and go to Bellator where they're prone to giving older guys exciting fights against other older guys. And if you're in the UFC, you're basically sticking around and getting fed to the Wolves. Um, Great career. Fought in three weight classes. Was a champion at 155 and fights at 135, which goes to show you how ridiculously skilled he was and is. I remember the first time he beat BJ Penn and it was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? And then he stamped that the next time they gave BJ the, you know, the, the rematch right away. Um, man, that guy, that's another case of that just hung on too long. I would rather not see Frankie become BJ Penn. That was rough. Mm-hmm. So I think personally, I think it's time for him to hang it up. And that's because I've, appreciate what he's done for the sport and the fact that he can't do much more for the sport if he wants to do for himself if he wants a paycheck i respect that um but he's got nothing to prove and very little ability to prove it left given you know the fact that he's getting taken out relatively consistently now um i think i agree with him moving on in some sort of fashion but let's if you if I'm just looking at the stats right here, right? Mm-hmm. Marlon has the knockdown. Frankie doesn't have any. The total strikes are pretty similar. Frankie with 138 out of 202. 110 out of 187 for Vera. Significant. Edgar, 94 out of 155. Better percentage than Vera with 88 out of 164. Um, on top of that, Frankie has 4 minutes, 25 seconds of control. Tavares, Vera's one second. And takedowns, Frankie hit three out of nine. Vera didn't even go for one. So I don't think it. he's completely outclassed in, I think, probably in any of those fights. I think it's a fight. So I think we may be seeing Frankie kind of get to that point where it may be time to, to move on. He just has to decide what's worth it, if the money is worth it, if the, you know, obviously you're going into a, a combat sport, if that damage is worth it. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Frankie go to another organization and do great. Do I know if Frankie wants that? I have no I idea. I highly doubt he does. I, I, I highly doubt he does. I have does. no idea. So maybe... You, when you've been fighting in the UFC for that long, you've got to look at anything else as, as a big step down. He's been there his whole career for you know almost 15 years. And I think, an that, I think that your point on the stats outlines, outlines it that much more. It makes it sound that much worse. Because that means out. you're still in it, but your chin can't hold up anymore. And at that point, you've got to think about your family. You've got to think about yourself. You don't need to take that that damage anymore unless Frankie seems like a guy that was probably smart with his money I could be wrong seems like he's from New Jersey yeah but you know you don't want to see a guy that's just in there for a paycheck anymore um I feel like he's probably more in the Joe Benavidez position where it's probably time to hang it up not because he can't hang but because he can't hang at the top anymore and those are the kind of guys that the UFC is going to have him fighting so you got that thing where you're going to diminish legacy over time by keeping going if you, they're just giving you lesser and lesser fighters. Um, otherwise, they're going to look at you as a measuring stick and they're going to feed you to the wolves. And I don't think Frankie deserves that. But the UFC has proven at this point that they don't give a shit about their legacy fighters so much as they give a shit about building new stars. I would love to see Frankie take maybe one or two more. Um, 
maybe not even favorable, but enough of a money fight that it puts Frankie in a position to still go out on hopefully two, I mean, for me, hopefully two wars, but for Frankie, hopefully just two awesome fights for him all together and go out as Frankie's a king, man. And I hope he, he takes that throne. I think if you're going to put him in there, you put him in there with somebody at the same level and maybe a little bit less dangerous um, in terms of, you know, their ability to, to take him out of the fight. Um, yeah, I think I if Dominic Cruz loses that next fight, I wouldn't mind seeing Frankie Edgar versus Dominic Cruz. I think that's a good fight for both of them at that point in their career. I do too. I, I want to see it fair, but I want to see, you know, let's just the same way you built and you, and you built these fighters and you, and you gave them the opportunities. I would like to see the UFC kind of give those same opportunities. Hey, listen, go out on your shield. This is the best we can we can do without giving you something disrespectful in that sense. And uh, we appreciate you. And I think yeah. it's, it'd be hard. This is not the sport <laughs> to, to pat somebody on the back like, you got this. Go ahead. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not that excitable. Uh, I think it's one, you still have to go out there and fight. You still have to do your job. And, um, you know, maybe Frankie's at the end, maybe not. We may, you know, maybe these are, this is just a rough streak. He finally hit after his 15 years of being in the UFC. Who knows? But I, I think I agree with you on the sense that it's kind of time to, to figure it out somewhere, somewhere else or, or altogether or whatever. Yeah. Either wind it down or give yourself a retirement fight. Sure. I think it's really, you know, might it's be really... time for a retirement fight. Maybe two. Yeah. Get, and get, I think, you know, because you look at who else. I mean, I mean, Rafael Asuncao is also around the same level. He's been around the same, you know, he's been around for a long time also. But you got, like, Cody Stamen under that and stuff like, you know. Again, these young guys that have a lot of potential. That's like, do you want to see him either knocking off your contenders or do you want to build up name value off of him? Either, you know, that's a tough situation for the UFC and for Frankie. It's both. Um but like I said, the UFC has shown that they're not prone to putting guys in there with the in, in exciting journeyman fights. It's just not happening yeah. like that. Um, so I guess there's nowhere else to go from there but the fight of the year, in my opinion. That was Gaethje and Chandler. Um, that was absolute madness. It was everything that we hoped it would be. I kept saying over and over again while we were watching this fight, it's, it's everything I dreamed of. It, it, yeah, it did. I think I, I said that like six Post-round, every round. It was everything that I dreamed of. Now, that said, um, and I think Chandler's also pointed this out, he made some dumb decisions in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Chandler could have won this fight if he fought to win the fight. But I think he fought to put on a show, and I respect him for that, and I appreciate him for that. Um, I did pick Chandler to win the fight, so maybe I'm a little bit biased in that sense. I don't feel like I am. I feel like he didn't put in the kind of game plan that I had imagined he would put in in order to get the win. Um, if you had told me he was going to fight the way he was going to fight, then I would have told you that Gagey was going to win. But like I had said last week, I have a feeling that he's – um, setting him up for a bit of a grappling match, and he was not. <laughs> you know, because lots of times you get those guys talking, like where, you know, first one to shoot for a takedown is is weak and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 
you've got fucking Paul Daly turning into a wrestler against Michael Page. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where I saw it happening was it was was Justin having to defend more takedowns and worry less. Um, I think that Chandler won that first round and lost rounds two and three. Um, and I think it's the fight of the year so far. A close second for fight of the year would have actually been the fight right after that. That was a good fucking fight between uh, between Burgos and Quarantillo. That was a fun one, too. But given what happened in that fight, I would say you got to give Gaethje... You, you don't have to give Gaethje the winner. I think that you are looking at a position where you might be able to make a case for Makachev getting the next title shot if Dustin Poirier wins because Dustin's already got a win over Gaethje. However, um, if you're the UFC and you want to make some money, which one of those fights do you think is selling better? Gaethje versus Poirier too or Poirier versus Makachev? Mm, rough one again. It's a rough, rough question again because... No, we're just talking in terms of selling that fight. I think selling it is probably easier, not easier, easy either way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build this any way you want from, from both aspects, really. Um, you got, obviously, young, up-and-comer. You got Justin who's kind of been there a little bit. Not that he's not young, and, and I mean, still, I feel like that guy just gets exponentially better, man. Um... I don't know. Selling it is probably easier either way. So you really have to sit down and decide what happens after that, right? So if we put Makashev in there now, what happens if he loses? What happens if he wins? What happens with, with Poirier? That Gaethje. All right, so let's say Makashev wins. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a It's a big – I think we talked about this last week. This entire weight class right now is really, like, up for mm. grabs. Um, I think it's the toughest weight class to fight at that level right now and get the fights you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's why, you know, so many people said, oh, I ain't going to fight Makashev. Might not be that they're scared, but getting that fight right now is, is tough. Um, but, yeah, we talked last week on, on – on Gagey and Chandler was our as our favorite fight I think of the night, mm-hmm. and I think we both we both picked Chandler. Yep. And I remember you saying he's setting him up, he's setting him up, and I remember telling you, man, sometimes you've got to play that mental warfare early. And I didn't expect Chandler to not shoot until the moments he did. Um, yeah. Because those were kind of moments he he, you know, had to had to yeah. Um. But man, what a what a war! I think uh, I think it was fun. I really respect Chandler still, through and through, for for saying like, let's stand and do this. Like, we are the the wrestlers that can cancel each other out, which is what you always kind of look for in those big matches. Like, if they're good wrestlers, let's let's see what these wrestlers can do standing against each other. Well, that's the one thing that I think that people also. I think that getting your being an all-American in wrestling is kind of like your college degree. They don't care how you did in your classes. They just care that you got that degree. Yeah. The thing is, is they were both all-American wrestlers, but Chandler was a better wrestler in college. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like you can look at it as it's going to cancel it out, but I don't necessarily think that that was the case. I don't think it would have canceled out to the degree that he thought, but I think that he would have had to 
he would have had to have um, been consistent with his takedown attempts to really get them. He would just kind of shoot in when it was necessary, quote unquote. And once he got his wits back about him, it was back to a stand-up war. Mm-hmm. I think if he works those takedowns in a little bit more and at least gives Justin something to think about, um, it makes it a little bit of a tougher fight on Justin. Uh, I but like I said, he was there. You know, Mike was there to entertain us. Chandler was there to entertain us, and I appreciate that. It was not the best career choice, <laughs> but at the same time, it was the best career choice because he won a lot of people over. Absolutely, he won a lot of people over. That's without a doubt. Um, as far as booking the division going forward, I think that if Poirier beats Oliveira, then I would like to see Gaethje Poirier too, um, but would also not be surprised if Makachev works his way in because at that point the argument can be made Poirier's already sure. beaten Gaethje. Um, I think that if Oliveira wins that fight, you go ahead and give Gaethje that fight for sure because that's a fight that that's a fresh fight, sure. that's a new fight, and Gaethje's earned that much. Um, at that point. At any point, I think that Makachev and Dariush would be a fun fight. I would love to see that fight. Very high-level grapplers, both of them. And it would be interesting to see how Makachev does against a high-level grappler because there aren't that many of them in the division. And I would say that's one of the big things um, that we didn't get to see Khabib do. He kind of got... Now, I'm not going to say he got lucky because he was that good. But he never got tested against a against another world class grappler, sure. um, and Makachev versus Dariush is really the only matchup of that ilk that you can make. I think Chandler um, should go ahead and take Dos Anjos. That would be a fun fight. Dos Anjos had to pull out of the fight with Makachev. They're ranked five and six right now. I think that's a good fight to make right there. Um, and then give the whoever loses the title fight a break for a little bit i guess (laughs) but you know that that's like the top six the top six fighters i think you can book them out pretty comfortably well in the in that lightweight division i think you uh you kind of hit the scenario on the nose with um poyer beating Oliveira. gagey takes the fight you also can book Oliveira. you can book chandler against anyone in this division right now Mm-hmm. I would also. I think that I think they should give him one off. Not one off. I'm not saying Dos Anjos is an easy fight, but I think it's a good recovery fight given what where he's you know his last two fights. I would say probably that whole scenario works out. Chandler fights um, Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos. Uh, Makashev fights Dariush. Absolutely fair. And then you take every winner and loser. And you scramble this whole mix up again, and you create a new web because um, you're gonna have some rematches in there. You're gonna have some really new, cool fights. Mm-hmm. Well, I think doing it that way also with with Dariush and Makachev, you are creating another de facto number one contender sure. that way. That is an easily winner gets the title shot fight um, for either of those guys. So I think that that's I like seeing definitive. You know, like I don't like there being an argument for like, oh, maybe this guy or maybe that guy. You know, like, it's tough between these two. Um, I think Gaethje has pretty well earned it, especially if Poirier loses. Yeah. you got to give Gaethje that fight. I, I definitely agree. Now, if, if Poirier... Man, yeah. What a... What a... 
entanglement up there, right? <laughs> um, right, that's a conundrum. Now, what I, I I guess the only thing left I have to say about any of any of that web right there. Mm-hmm. What if you have Darius in a in a title fight? I don't think he really sells, does he? So is the UFC gonna give him that? I think if you're saying that Makachev sells, and he beats Makachev, that fight sells. So, so because at that point you can't. At that point, if if he beats Makachev, the case can be made that Dariush is the best grappler in the division, bar none. Okay. Yeah. And that's an easy sell, in my opinion. So you at really hype point, up got, at the end I, of the day. You really hype up Darius Makachev, and get that so hyped that whatever wins is going to get this title. Mm-hmm. And the UFC is picking up it. on Darius that Darius is looking like he's going into the lightweight title fight as the backup fighter. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Dana White kind of alluded to. Um, but at that point, you've got, you know, if he wins that fight, you've got Darius on a fucking, on an eight-fight win streak in the lightweight division. That's true, that's man. That's unheard he's, of, you know. That man is tearing. He's tearing through. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, he's won, he's finished four of his last seven fights also mm-hmm. so it's not just winning he's finishing fights as often as not all right so who's fighting first? that's a big thing who's fighting ferguson? Who's fighting ferguson dude just give me nate diaz versus tony ferguson give me nate diaz versus tony ferguson what are they gonna do because that's the that's the thing is the only other fight other than dos Anjos to give chandler would be tony ferguson but i would rather see tony ferguson do something fun right now not that that one won't be fun but given how he looked against Gaethje, Tony won't see it as funny, um, sir. <laughs> I would rather see. Uh, I'd rather see Nate versus Tony I would right too. now. That's a that's a fun but fight. But you can always replace seeing... anybody. I think with Ferguson in there, if, if given injury, given mid camp issue, given COVID, Ferg. I mean, my man cuts just to cut. So I was. I wouldn't be. He could be right back above. up in the top six any given day. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be beyond wanting to see Tony fight Connor either, but that's not a. That's not like. I feel like that's not a fight the UFC is going to make. I make think it. it would be a fun fight. I think it's an entrap. Um, fight. I think that UFC. Connor and Chandler have expressed. They mentioned uh, it, right? Have expressed interest in fighting each other. Um, you know, Connor gave him props mm-hmm. and said he's not be. You know, said he's into doing it at some point. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I think that Connor is a worse matchup for Chandler than Gaethje was because... Absolutely. I believe because so. Because of his, Especially his now. ability to counter-strike. Yeah. His ability to counter-strike, you know, Gaethje's a good striker, but he's also a bull. You know, he's pushing forward. Those guys, you know, that was an unmovable... That was an immovable object against an unstoppable force, Gaethje versus Chandler. That'd be the cliche... That'd be the cliche thing you could say about and that. And I don't think and Connor can get under Chandler's skin the same way we've seen him do and, and collect no, those wins yeah. before. And I don't think mm-hmm. Chandler makes him. Chandler is a veteran. Although he mm-hmm. may be new to the UFC, we all know he's been around. He's yeah. putting in work. I just think in terms of style, you know, if Chandler's a bull, then Connor's a matador. Sure. And that's kind of why it's a bad matchup for him because – He's he does a good job at seeing the punches coming and unloading his own shit. Um, I don't think that Michael is as good a striker as as Dustin is. Um, so I think that that wouldn't be a bad fight to set up, really marketable. Uh, but I think that that's I think that that fights in Connor's favor. Personally. Well, it almost goes to a, a Chad Mendez, Conor McGregor style too, 
Um, I know Chad came into that picture very late um, mm -hmm. back in the day. This was, but that had to have been six, seven years ago now. But um, I don't know. I, I may actually tip the other end of the scale there depending on where they're at and what's going on. Because at the end of the day, like we just mentioned, Michael can wrestle. So mm -hmm. given Connor's absolute talent to, to snipe people. Connor's... Um, Connor's also Connor's got underrated takedown defense also. No, I do agree. But that constant pressure, we've seen him getting taken down time and time again. And Connor has not been active. Connor hasn't been thrown into the UFC fire mm -hmm. at the same time Michael and he's did really good at getting up. So. Not even beyond his takedown defense. Connor's really good at getting back yeah. up. The, Absolutely. Other than, That'd be a, other a than, blast uh, of a fight. Don't get me wrong. But. Yeah, other than Khabib, nobody's really held him down. No, yeah. You know, like he's he's been taken down, but nobody's really been able to keep him there. And even then, didn't Connor? Um, Connor had a really good takedown defense or really good stand up. I think maybe one, twice in that fight. That was, I was Connor like, looked much on. better against Khabib than Gaethje did. Yes. You know, like yeah. that's that's pretty much inarguable. And and Gaethje's the All American wrestler. Yep. So, um, next up, Carla. I think it should be next for Rose. That was a close, close fight between Rose and Whaley. Um, personally, I scored it for Whaley. It was close enough that I don't, um, I don't argue with that razor thin decision. I think it was. Um, I think that giving Rose four rounds. I think one of the judges gave her four rounds. I think that's absurd. Um, You're saying you absolutely you agreed with Rose winning, right? Just not. I four. thought I. I per yeah 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 okay. I I don't disagree like it's when it's, when Forest the fight is great. that close when the fight is that close it's who either I think I was saying either way like I have no idea who won this fight but I think, think Whaley won it I think sh I think she won what did I s I know she won the first round and I think I thought I felt like she won the first three rounds and I felt like the fourth round was a toss up that was the tough one to call and that fifth round was all rose and arguably sure. um. So I personally thought that Whaley won, um, but not. It was close enough fight that it's not a robbery by any stretch, even remotely. Uh, giving Rose four rounds to one is fucking absurd. But beyond that, I think that it could have gone either way and went the champs' way. And that's fine. Um, I think the interesting thing to take away from this, or to look at going forward is that Dana doesn't seem too keen on giving Carla the rematch against Rose. Rose wants it, and she's expressed at the press conference and then in another interview with Ariel, I think, that she wants that fight and she would like to avenge that loss. But Dana didn't seem like he was too keen on that. Um, otherwise, you've got uh, Marina Rodriguez. Um, but... I think that's a tougher sell for hardcore fans, not because there's anything wrong with Marina, but because they can point to the fact that Carla has beaten her on her current run, and you would be skipping over Carla for no discernible reason other than you might not like her fighting style. I don't know if I have an opinion on, on who's next, to be honest with you, because mm -hmm. Rose, I mean, this division is, is smaller than what we've seen. Obviously, it's a growing women's division. Um... I love Rose. I think I voted against her uh, last week. I think we were talking about we need to go back and see who said who. Yeah, I know I said I know I said Jang. Um, 
Tough. Tough. I think we both kind of said the entire time, this is so close, I have no idea. Um, I, I definitely would have went with Zhang. I think I said that. But I don't know who's next. I, if you want Carla, talk Dana. Talk to Dana. But then we don't really know. When, when it happens, like, that night, we don't really know if it's Dana saying that, right? He's got the matchmakers in his ear as well saying, hey, yeah, but she's, he's also saying, you know, to the extent that he's saying Carla shouldn't be waiting around for a title fight. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because not like she hasn't fought this year. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem. I mean, it was a split decision, so I guess I don't have a problem with them doing Marina and Carla again, running it, it back. But that was just last year. You know, like it wasn't like it was a long time ago. Otherwise, Carla's got wins over number two and or she is number two. Whaley's number one. She's got wins over number three and number four. Yeah. You know, so so it's. I think it's. I don't think you. Can I think skip it's her. tough. I think you got to give it to her. Yeah, I, I I personally think it would be ridiculous to skip over her. Um, if I think that. I think that you know the wins that she's gathered, uh, um, are quality wins, and. And she stamped that performance against uh, Yan Zhao Nan. I don't know if I said that right. Zhao Nan, um, TKO in round two. And that was a convincing performance. She got performance of the night for it. I do remember that. Um, coming off of that, if, you know, coming off of the, you know, and looking at the fact that she's beaten so many women in the top 10, I think you've got to give that to Carla. And I think it's it's what Rose wants. Um, and, it's the it's the fight you're going to be able to sell the best. That's the key thing. You're talking about you know some they 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 fought for the inaugural strawweight title. Rose lost that fight. Um, Rose wants to get that win back. Carla wants to get the belt back. That's a it's a that's the best story that you can tell in that division right now. So I think that they'd be kind of it'd be short sighted to skip over that fight. I agree. I think Holy. Um, like I said, I don't have a. A giant opinion, but I think I don't understand why Carla wasn't. I don't, I don't even in the buildup, you know. If Rose wins, she has Carla hovering over that the only loss, you know. And we see stuff mm-hmm. out of Rose. We see these these. I'm the best. Walking into the cage, I'm the best. I'm the best. She wasn't doing that back with Carla, right? So you have that story, and I mm-hmm. I completely agree, 100. Um, percent if they don't do Rose on this, or I'm sorry, if they don't do give Rose Carla on this, I think it's completely disrespectful, and it's going to be one of those things that we talk about going, what is up with the UFC rankings? What's the point? Yeah, and especially considering you get that story from Rose where she's avenged almost all of her mm-hmm. losses at that point. That's awesome. Um, the only, the, there's one loss that she wouldn't avenge, she won't be avenging, and that's just because... I'd be I'd be surprised if Carolina Kovacevic is even still in the UFC. I don't even know what that is. She's dropped like five straight, six straight, or something like that. Um, it's crazy that she just the division just passed her instantly. She was doing great. Um, but that was that's the only win that I don't think she gets back because of the fact that Carolina is not going to work her way back up to Rose. It doesn't seem. But otherwise, at that point, Rose avenges every loss she had, every meaningful loss especially. 
Um, I think that's the story. I think that's the fight to make. And what I don't know is what is the fight to make at welterweight after Kamaru put on such a performance. Um, I think Kobe is still put on both of the toughest fights for Kamaru. Uh, I think that the talk of Kamaru being the welterweight goat is a little premature. Um, but that said, he's completely dominated over this division. There aren't many people that he hasn't fought in the top 10. You know, he's got quality wins over most everybody. Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, he could run it back with Leon. Um, but like I said, if George, if, if George catches Leon the way that Nate kept, caught Leon at the end of that fight, that fight ain't last. You know, like that fight's over. So Leon's got George in front of him. If he wins that fight, I think you have to give him the title fight. Um, but I don't think he stands much of a chance. Man, yeah, I don't see Leon winning this this next upcoming fight with, with George. But I agree. You got to kind of leave him in that, in that talk. I mean, the UFC's best chance is, is hyping them up, hyping Leon up as much as possible right now because we might see him there. Um, but I don't see him beating Kamaru. So it's almost like I don't really know who beats Kamaru unless it, you know, something crazy happens. Colby has definitely given Kamaru the best two fights I've seen. Uh, and by the way, there, that as soon as the 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 final bell rang and the fact that they walk, you know, Colby made that that step to say immediately, um, I, I won't quote him, but it was immediately like, hey man, I got a respect for you. It's all love. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. And out of someone, generally all of us kind of hate um, someone who plays that heel and so- someone who, who is in that role. He he backtracked on that at the at the press conference. I think he I think that was a missed opportunity for him. And then he went right back into it. Um, I'm like, man. I think that he needs to. Being a pro wrestling fan, Colby should have seen this being the perfect opportunity for a face turn. Colby. Mm-hmm has made you know Kobe is obviously a pro wrestling fan I think he if he was a good pro wrestling booker would have known now's the time to be real Kobe because he could have snatched a whole bunch of fans up a lot after that performance by being candid and real with people um he doubled down on the heel persona regardless of what we heard him say in the cage came out saying that he was cheating and blah 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 and all of that shit doing the typical Kobe (laughs) shtick but I think that was a missed opportunity for him um, really to win the fans over I agree. and have them cheer for him more so than they even did for that fight. That was the one thing, that was the most surprising thing about that fight, and you pointed it out right away. We're like, they're cheering for Kobe. Yeah. Um, it doesn't super, it doesn't surprise me so much because we're in, in New York, we're in Madison Square Garden. So, you know, given 9-11 and everything that's that's gone on in that city with, with so many officers and firefighters and, and such, you know, Colby plays on that big time. I can see them um, kind of... Ro- but that doesn't mean everybody there is from New York uh, with that same passion. So it blew my mind that they were... I, I remember we were, we were watching together and I, I kind of stopped like, wait, are they chanting Colby or Kamaru? Yeah. And it was Colby, and I think that happened more than once. I think it was once maybe in the third, once maybe in the fifth that I, I that definitely stood out. So that blew my mind. And at the same time, 
I completely agree with you again. What a... Where are you going to go from here, Colby? What are you doing? What are you doing? You could have shown, hey, listen, man. I did what I could. I did what I had to do. I got myself into those fights. Unfortunately, I've dropped them both. I'm going to look to just get back in here, be a little more humble. You can still talk your shit, Colby. You can still open your mouth. You can still say what you need to say and, and get your call outs. And I think like we just said, hey, I've given this man the best two runs he's had. Now he doesn't have as much fire against me. Now he thinks he can beat me no matter what. I still have that fire. I have it in the gym. I'm going to go show why in my next two fights. And if anything comes up where I get that chance again and I have that opportunity, I'm going to be Colby, good man Colby, and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fight Kamaru. Now I don't know if you have another way to build Colby up into that. He... I, I think, think this, this video of him and, and Kamaru at the very end, it got shared. I think it would be shared 10 times more if he just shut his mouth at the press conference and just, and just played that, the hand that night. Even if you want to go mm-hmm. back and talk some shit, you know, maybe this week and be like, ah, you know, which you shouldn't do either. But I think going right to the press conference right after, even walking out of the cage back to the locker room um, to get his doctor check and all that, I, I literally heard uh, heard him saying he's actually passing um, Bisping and uh, Kayla Harrison in the crowd and still saying, what are you nerds going to do now? What do you nerds got for me now? And it's like, come on, man. You just you just made a beautiful moment. It was absolutely beautiful in martial arts, and now you're, you're taking it from us. Give it to us. Give it to yourself, Colby. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't love it. I think that that's part of the reason why Chael Sonnen was so loved because – He would do all of the same things but better to build up the fight. And if it didn't go his way, he was humble and defeat at the same time. You know, if you you listen to him, he's always honest. He might not, you know, he might be doing his shtick building up the fight, but once that fight goes the other way, he was always honest about it. And I think that that would have, yeah, that would have benefited Colby a whole lot is taking that one out of Chael's playbook and just owning it. And, and, he did not do disappointed. that. Disappointed. So I'm disappointed, Colby. This was it. We needed <laughs> you. And you fought beautifully. But damn it, man. I, I, I thought it was funny to see that uh, he complained about his old coaches. <sighs> saying, I saw this on MMA On Point, pointing it out. He was blaming his old coaches, saying, like, they told me to breathe when I was in there. Like, who doesn't breathe? And then this fight, he's like, oh, man, it was a night and day difference. They were trying to keep me calm in there. They told me to breathe. <laughs> Talking about his current coaches, like, just contradicted himself mm-hmm. instantly. And was like, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I'll tell you who. Oh, go uh, ahead. I just think Colby's in a spot where he needs to figure out what he's going to do. And I think he would do absolutely amazing in another organization. Don't get me wrong. I think Colby is still valuable to the UFC one way or another because of what he can say and what he can do and the story you can kind of make of Colby and you can create good guys from Colby even if they're not quote-unquote good guys in that sense so I think you can give give that out but Colby is a damn good fighter and we saw that Colby has shown up and he shows out every time he's in there like we said he's a cardio machine he's not afraid to go toe-to-toe some of that striking was the best I've seen from Colby in a long time, especially against a, a guy like Kamaru, who is a good striker um, and doesn't mm-hmm. use his wrestling. 
like that. Um, also, very, very surprised to see we, we kind of went into it like in wrestling. That was a takedown we saw. MMA, they didn't score it as a takedown, and you, you mentioned that multiple times. Like, well, with this scoring, it's, it's not quite a takedown. I think Colby should probably, in a business sense, especially because if Kamaru is not going to vacate the title or he's going to continue fighting for the title, I don't think they're going to give Colby Kamaru uh, Colby again. Might be time to move forward and maybe push to another organization or, I don't know, maybe do pro wrestling, man. I don't go, think he's pushing to way, another bro. organization. The thing is, is Dana White also said this, and I wholeheartedly agree. If Kamaru Usman isn't the welterweight champion right now, if Kamaru Usman's not in the UFC, then Colby is the welterweight champion. He's good enough to be that champion, and I think that he can build his way towards that third fight, depending on how Kamaru's fights go. Because if Kamaru completely cleans out the division and he's got nobody else to fight and Colby's still there winning fights, you still can point at the fact that those were close, close fights. And if if it can be one of those situations where you gotta put him in there for a third time, because you're kind of out of options. Um, but that's kind of why we're there, so right? Because we're out of options. So how do we get back to? Well, Colby? no, it's not that. Colby, for one, needs to say, "I want the guy right below me." He jumped to George and calling out George's name, even though George is already booked. And I think that that's because Colby thinks that George is a winnable fight. I think Colby would be better served calling out Gilbert Burns or fighting Gilbert Burns because Gilbert needs a fight right now, and Gilbert is a legit top five fighter in that division also. I think that that fight gives you more headway towards getting that rematch. The George fight's going to make you more money probably. So, you know, take your pick there, how you want to go about that. I think that if you look at the top of that division and he's fighting those guys at the top of that division, you got a couple of situations where either some of these guys are going to work their way up and Colby can stand to put them down. You know, he's, you know if, if guys like Bilal or Chemaev or Jeff Neal work their way up into that top five, if Colby's finishing all of the guys that they're trying to put over Colby, you have to give him that title fight next. Either that or you got to avoid him fighting those guys. Because Colby's going to beat most of the people at welterweight in the in in the UFC, I believe. Um, but if he's going to skip, you know, if he wants to fight George next, which, like I said, big money fight. Now you're talking about fighting number seven in the division. Um, if he, especially if he pushes for the George for the George fight and George loses, yeah. you know, if George isn't coming off of a, if George is coming off of a win, you can mark that fight. But he even said, I think that George should just back out of that Leon Edwards fight now and fight me. That's literally Kobe trying to pick his next shot according to who he thinks he can get a win over. Um, fight Kiesa, fight Thompson, fight Luke, fight Burns, fight somebody that's on the rise, not somebody who's also had both of their shots at the welterweight title already. You know, keep your name in that in that conversation, and you might be able to get that fight a third time. That said, I don't know if Usman, from the sound of it, is going to want to stick around long enough for Kobe to work his way back. I think Kobe could work his way back, but I don't know if Usman's still going to be there because Usman has expressed that he'd like to go out on top uh, the way that George did, uh, you know, the way that Kamaru did, or the way, excuse me, the way that Khabib did. You know, he wants to go out, uh, you know, as an undisputed champion. So you've got to wonder whether or not... 
Colby will earn his way back against Kamaru just because you don't know if Kamaru's going to be there for long enough. Um, that said, I think that if you're not, if Leon Edwards loses that fight, then you got to give Luke a the fight. If Luke, a, you know, if Luke a is still chilling, Luke a did not make weight. It was a late notice backup fighter. Um, I don't think that Luke a has a history of missing weight at all. Um, he has one catch weight fight in his whole career, and that was before he was in the UFC. Who knows if that was an actual catch weight or if it was him working his way down to welterweight because he was he's got a middle middleweight bout in there. Either way, he's got no history of missing weight. I'm thinking maybe he did it this time because it was short notice. Um, the guy's finished his last four opponents. You know, you got to give him that fight. Leon's got to win over. Luke, so if Leon wins, I think based on that, even though that was a long time ago, uh, I think based on that, you go ahead and give Leon the fight. That and Leon's got the longest win streak in the division, um, but he's got wins over Bilal Muhammad. He's got wins over Tyron Woodley. Wins over Randy Brown. Wins over Michael Chiesa. You know, good names. He's got quality wins. Luke is right there at the top of the division. And if Leon doesn't win against George, then Luke, I think, gets that fight uh, without a doubt. I think otherwise you give Leon the fight if he gets past uh, if he gets past Masvidal. I, I th- today's our like one day we're gonna agree on shit. I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I I agree, and I think you know one thing that I just don't like about Leon is I just don't see him as exciting enough to be memorable. To the point where I go, yeah, but what about Leon? Yeah, but what about Leon? And I know he went, I th- well, he was injured for a while, right? Or what What happened recently? It was the injury, I believe, that kept him out of some fights? No, it's just him politicking, really. I mean, well, see, there you go. Then I, I mean, I don't like the fact. Uh, I, think that, I think that Leon, I am not going to make the case that he is not exciting because yeah. of the fact that I am not going to give Kobe that satisfaction. Because the bottom line is, those guys have similar games and gener- generate similar levels of excitement other than the fact that Kobe found a way to be an asshole. And I- I'm not going to put it on Leon to be less exciting because Kobe's not really that exciting. Kobe's been in exciting fights with Usman. Otherwise... You can't say that Lawler? Kobe's an exciting fighter. That was exciting as that hell. That was a good performance. That was I, that wasn't exciting. That it was a good performance. I was excited. Exciting, especially when you I, talk I, as the I, heel and you you overtake and I mean he dominated. Yeah, but he was expected to. I think Leon. I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and I don't want to make guys get their chances because they're exciting. Uh, every time you had guys like Connor, who it worked out for, we we found exciting Connor McGregor, and you know some a lot of times in this sport those are diamonds in the rough because these guys got to be good at so many different arts, right? You have to put it all together. It's mixed martial arts. You have to you have to box it up as a present and hand it off, not give pieces and parts over time and mail them to you. So I think. Leon, I just I just don't have anything memorable enough of Leon. To say, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not really excited for Leon in this fight. I'm excited for George. Um, 
It depends on how you quantify it. They have the same amount of finishes in the UFC. George and Leon? Uh, Leon and um, Colby. Colby. Yeah, I just... I Colby, also a decision I, machine. I guess I look for They've stamps. Got, they each have... Actually, you no. Know, Leon's got more finishes in his UFC career than Colby does. Okay. I don't know. I just don't so see. Uh, do, I just don't see the stamps and, and Leon. I think Leon has a definite chance to do that right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you can go out there, and I don't think you have to knock George out. I don't think you have to um, sub George. I don't think you have to qu- quite finish George. But I think we need to see something that shows, hey, I belong. I, I truly belong. This is my stamp. Do I think he should probably get the the chance either way even if it's not a completely dominant um fight yeah probably um but it's just a tough one to call on that sense if 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 i'm not a ufc matchmaker with other options in mind as a as a as a fan of the ufc i just don't see where where else uh, it's just tough to not put leon there but it's tough to put him there almost you know Mm-hmm. But the the record I mean, the the, guy, the the streak I mean I'm sorry the the win mm-hmm. streak alone is beautiful and and it's been that way for a while so yeah I I look at it like the guy earned it I'm not gonna say he's not exciting because that's because Kobe's not exciting he's just not in the same sense I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna I'm not saying Kobe's not exciting excuse me because Kamaru and Kobe were were both exciting fights but. It's also a matchup thing. Is the fight exciting? Is the Styles matchup make exciting? Fights, man. And this, this, I guess that's kind of yes, where I'm exactly. at with it. Is what gives Leon? You know, I would love to see him make a stamp. I love George, but I would love to see him make a stamp. If that's what, if that's what's going to happen, let's make a stamp and, and put yourself in that position. But I mean, for the like I said, at the same thing, I'm not gonna. It's hard for me to say that like that. If he wins the fight, regardless of how he wins the fight, just because, like I said. Kobe hasn't finished a fight since 2016. The reason people thought he, you know, he, he's not exciting. He talked. He talked his way, you know, he talked his way into people believing he would be exciting or fun to watch. Um, but it's not like he's out there finishing guys and he's exciting in that sense. Luke is for sure, sure. but um, but Leon's got a win over Luke, and I think you got to respect okay. that. In on his current win streak, he's got that win over him. Um, and I don't think that regardless of how he goes about this next fight, if he wins, I don't think that he's got to do anything but win that fight. I think that you could argue, you can make the argument that you're making, especially considering I think the key thing that kept him out of the title fight over Kobe this time was the fact that Nate almost ended that fight at the end of the fight, and that became the storyline for that fight. It wasn't about Leon winning that fight. It was about the fact that Leon almost gave that fight away in the mm-hmm. very end, um, and that put him in a position to fall under Kobe. Um, but I don't think that anybody else could really jump him if he wins that fight against George unless it's a total robbery decision. I think that that's the only thing that could keep him out. Maybe, yeah. Even if it's a boring decision when I still think that he deserves the next shot. If it's a robbery decision where we all think George should win and he doesn't because the judges are on some fuck shit, which is obviously not outside of the realm of possibility, at that point you give it to Luke A. Hmm, yeah. 
I th- there we are. We are green again. Cause I, I don't like it here. <laughs> Max Holloway, um, <sighs> fighting R- Yair Rodriguez this weekend. Exciting, exciting fight. Um, super stoked for it. Um, I don't see Yair's path to victory here. I think that Max wins this fight by decision, uh, handedly. Um, Yair is a great striker, an exciting striker, but you know, if you look at his performances, um, you know, he's had tough fights against the guys that Max has classed, you know, and, and that's really where I'm at with it is, is it's not, well, not necessarily classed, but he's had some tough fights against some people that were, you know, he's, he, he was a second away from losing the Chan Sung Jung yep. fight before dropping one of the most exciting knockouts in UFC history. And that had a lot to do with Chan Sung Jung more so than it had to do with Yair. Yes, Yair threw that amazing strike and he won that fight, but a Chan Sung Jung isn't the type of fighter that he is where he's going to look at a guy and say, all right, let's fucking go for it the last 10 seconds, even though he's got it in hand. Yair doesn't win that fight. Um, Yair's last fight was against Jeremy Stevens, and that was in 2019. Um, so it's, it's tough uh, to have all that time off and to come into a fight back against a guy like Max Holloway, given how Max has looked against anybody not named Volkanovsky uh, or Poirier. Poirier, that was, I give him a pass, though. That was, a, that was, a, that was a, amazing. a lightweight fight. That was an amazing performance by both of those guys. Um, but the bottom line is I have a hard time seeing Yair's path to victory. Uh, I think Max is doing the right thing by just keeping fighting. He keeps his head down, and he just fights whoever they put in front of him because, obviously, he could he could have sat around and waited for another Volkanovski fight if he wanted to because of how that last one went. Um, but as he always says, it is what it is. He keeps fighting, and I think Yair is just another on the path back to Volkanovski. Given how Qatar or how he looked against Qatar. I I mean, dude, all of the fucking highest volume striking fights, like all those records keep getting reset by Max. Yeah. Um, and like just resetting them on he, himself. Yeah. It's yes. crazy. Um, I don't think Yair wins the decision and I don't see him finishing Max. So it's hard for me to give it to him. Um, I think that Max wins this fight. Let's check what the betting line is. I don't. I haven't looked into that. But how do you? What do you think? You you feel in the same way, or you actually have a different opinion? I don't have a different opinion. <laughs> I agree. Damn it. Um, because <laughs> I I agree. I don't think I don't see Yair outpointing Max. Uh, I don't really. To be honest, I don't know if I can see Yair winning a round. Outside of Max going for broke and maybe yeah, you're capitalizing on some of those moments, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Um, but I also feel like it's one of those trap fights because it's something we'd all want to see, right? Those are two super exciting mm-hmm. fighters. I'm not taking anything away from either one of those fighters at all. I love Yair. I think he is he has a lot he can he can do. Um, I think adding tools to his arsenal which he seems like a very thorough martial artist i i I see that him becoming a very big problem um he's already a big problem he's fighting max holloway um Mm. i see that working against this fight because we all want fireworks we all want to see somebody get 
put down with a tornado kick. Uh, you know, Max throwing some crazy spinning heel. We that's what we want to see out of this fight, and I don't know if we're gonna get that because these guys are so good at reading the striking. They're so good at. Um, I I think really at the end of the day, the 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 deciding factor in this fight is Max's boxing, as is most fights with Max. Really, to be honest, um, I think the deciding factor becomes his boxing. I don't know if he's going to get outpointed by Yair, and I just don't see Yair being able to sleep Max Holloway. If Yair is maybe training something crazy with some wrestling that we haven't quite seen and can control Max uh, in some odd way that Max just wasn't ready for or under training, which I also can't see, that's the only thing I can see Yair doing, and I just... I can't fathom it. I, th- I see Max winning that pretty decisively. Maybe, maybe four to one, but I can see him winning five rounds personally. He's a minus six fifty favorite going into that fight. Minus six fifty. Uh, nine minus six fifty. Yair's plus f- going off at plus four fifty right now. Um, so y- you got a difficult decision to make here if Max wins the fight. Um, you think he's done enough? to earn a third shot at Volkanovski if he wins this fight? I would say, without factor of any other fighter in the division at the moment, I would say absolutely. Mm-hmm. If he wins this decisively, mm-hmm. especially if he can put Yair out, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that fight with Ortega was... I mean... I, that's still my fight of the year. I know you have Chandler and Gaethje. That's definitely still my fight of the year. That was fucking phenomenal. I think it was the most exciting. I think it had one of the most exciting rounds of the year. But overall, it was such a relatively one-sided overall. Beat down and on the court on the cards, I can't it really like call that. it the fight of the I year. I think uh, watching the fight that was my favorite, um, especially when you have the Ultimate Fighter build up. Everything that else went with it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a. Uh, that's one thing we can disagree on today but um <laughs> no i i think it, i i would i would not rush him into it but i definitely think he's earned it and we've also seen two great fights between them both were decisions so at this point it's kind of like he's earned it mm-hmm. maybe volkanovsky stamps it i don't know um but like you said too max is always down um, Max shows up for fights and just says, "Well, fuck it, let's do it. Let's fight. Let's 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 get it done. Let's let's show the fans something." So, um, I don't think he's a, a show off by any means. I think he really, like you said, puts his fucking head down and goes, "Let's do this." I think he's earned it um, without looking at the rest of the division. Looking at the rest of the division, do we have anybody in there? I was gonna there? go from that angle. That's what I was going to say. Is you, you, you looked at it from not looking at the rest of the so division. What do we have? I'll look at the rest of the division Give and tell you. We're ready. There's nobody there. Who do we got? You've got a real problem. You've got a real problem if Max wins this fight. Because if Max wins this fight and you don't give him the title shot, you've got nobody in the top five to give Volkanovski. You have to go all the way down to the bottom of the top ten or the you know beyond the, the top 10 to give him a fight and at that point you've also got to feed one of those guys to max too if you think max needs another fight and we're talking arnold allen the winner of dan Ige and josh emmett uh giga you know like those guys 
still need another win. DK needs another before win before they even break the top five. G- Arnold Allen needs. Arnold another Allen win definitely needs another win too. Before yeah, getting and there. Arnold Allen is ranked at n- ranked at number six. So who's right five? Now. Five is 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 Calvin. Okay, who's four? We're gonna we're gonna run this down. Chan Sung Jung. That's who. Sorry, Chan Sung Jung. Okay, who's three? Yair. Two. And then two is Ortega. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a real tough one. If he wins, you you push him right in. Yeah, you. That's why I said it's like it's 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 definitive because you're gonna you have a big big problem where you're just gonna have Max knocking off more contenders and you're gonna have a tougher time building. And you, I mean, at that point you, too, you you give every other fighter that we've just mentioned a fight in the meantime. You guys all get get this get this fight on the in between. Show us something so we can put you guys in against Volkanov's Volk or 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 yeah. Max. Because I don't think any of Ige and Emmett. Ige is probably the closest in my eyes, fighting. I would say. He's at number nine. And I think he would be your best. And he's fighting He's fighting Josh Emmett, who's I number seven. Uh, that said, Ige is coming off the loss to Chan Sung Jung. I forgot about that one. And he's lost to Calvin Qatar, too. He's got a win over Edson Barboza. That was a split, right? Yes. So that's. Oof. Yeah, I don't know if you can. You, I mean, obviously he's got to get a win. I think all those guys kind of got to get. I think. Okay, so if Yair wins, do we give him the f- title fight? Kind of have to, right? You you have to just given yeah, the division stand. Well, for yeah, if for one, if he wins, like like I said, it's likely to be in spectacular fashion. So if he does win, that's a marketable fight. Um, I think you have to give the winner of that fight the title because there's nobody else. I think that it would be nice for them to put Giga in against someone he could build his name for because I think that he, if anybody on this list, is underranked. Um, Arnold Allen and Giga, you could probably switch places and I'd be a little bit happier. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know a lot about that Arnold said, either, so... That's because That's, he's got he's he's a grappler yeah. and he wins decisions. So, like you said, that doesn't you know that's not necessarily the most exciting option. Um, he's got quality wins. Sadiq Youssef was his last fight, and that's a quality win, but it's not a top right. five win. So, you know, it's a isn't Sadiq a on a top card now or soon? Um, not this I card. Know. I'm looking right now. Um, Bryce Mitchell is there, knocking at number hey. eleven. Also, so you've got a lot of talent. He's fun from 6 to 12 uh, that needs to do a little bit more to earn a rightful mm-hmm. shot. Um, but damn, you got to get them in there earning that shot fast. Um, so if Max beats Volkanovski, does Volkanovski deserve an instant rematch? Wow, yeah, it depends on how they get those other fights set up, right? Because running because a fourth I think, without... Mm-hmm. We know Max, like we mentioned, will say, it doesn't matter, dude. So Max won't yeah. be against it, and I'm sure Max probably would rather tie that series up if he had the opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to shy away from a fourth fight because of what? Um, I think that actually really only helps his legacy at that point. I think you 
you really have to figure out who's going to start stepping up and getting in the Max and Volk conversation. Because Volk is also like number four, maybe wrong, pound for mm-hmm. pound right now, right? So you have a pound for pound fighter in the top right now, give or take, four ish. Um, the rest of the division were very, very questionable about, and they've kind of traded wins, and they've no one's on a big streak. No one has that giant, mm-hmm. you know, story even from the fighting aspect yet that we know of or that we've seen. So maybe, maybe they have something planned. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I think. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe you give that, that fourth right away. I think Volk, as long as he doesn't get stunned, probably earns it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as he doesn't get, you know. That, not only that, but like you like you alluded to, you need somebody else to build up in the meanwhile. Um, Chan Sung Jung is right there. His last couple losses are to two and three, so he's right I like, there. I like uh, I like that idea, too. I, I could see him actually fighting any, any single person in the top anything. Um, I wouldn't be mad if Chan ended up going for for a title fight, to be honest. Not that I mm-hmm. would want to see that more, but I definitely wouldn't be against it. I would be pretty stoked if they put together... Uh, oh, okay. Well, Giga is scheduled to face Calvin Qatar right Great now. Great fight. Uh, in January. Fight. Uh, that's going to be an exciting one. Jung doesn't have a fight coming up. Um, Arnold Allen versus Chan Sung Jung might be your best bet at building a contender given that Giga and Calvin are already fighting. I think you probably give the contender I think between G- those two, right? I think if Giga wins I think it's, it's like one of those situations where if Giga wins, you could make a case mm-hmm. for him. Um, now, granted that's only two wins in the top ten, but that's enough, I think. In this Because uh, he, Edson right now, Barbosa yeah. Yeah, in this, yeah, in this situation Edson Barbosa and then a win over over Calvin would probably make that a marketable fight, um, especially considering how exciting Giga is to that's, watch. Yeah, and that's what we need right now is a Yair uh, Giga. Um, I love watching guitar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of need those guys. That's to, why I was so crazy watching him get destroyed the way he did against tough. Max. There's clearly like it's there's clearly it's a situation where it's Volkanovski and Max and then the rest of the it's, division. That's what it that's what we're kind of feeling like, right? We're we're making stuff up to happen. That's that's tough to do right now. So mm-hmm. I think uh yeah, yeah I think exactly. if, if Max wins it you give Volk the, the fourth. If not then um gotta hope somebody'll step up and, and show us something different, right? I also love Dan Ige. I have a mad respect for Ige and I hope he can um Ige versus Josh yeah, what's going on. Be yeah I w- I'm actually going to keep my eyes on that very closely we'll, we'll be talking about that fight for sure coming up Yeah, well yeah because that card we're going to be talking about that whole card that's going to be the other card that rivals this one aside from the co-main event in which Amanda Nunez is going to walk over Pena Let's get it. but otherwise that whole fight card is another one of those cards that, that the whole thing is fucking sick uh, 269 is the last main uh, the last main card of the year, and you've got you've got Ige and Emmett, Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz, Jeff Neal and Ponzinibbio, uh, Raulian Paiva and Sean O'Malley, Kai Kara France and Cody Garbrandt, Leon Edwards and Masvidal, Nunez Pena, Oliveira 
Poirier. So that card is also That's one of those end-of-the-year really, really ones ridiculous. they always do, man. I love that card. I don't even want to get too much into it because I have so much. I have Man, that's going to be a good podcast, I tell you that. <laughs> I'm excited I'm going to be excited the one. whole time. Now, that one's not running until December 11th, yep. so we got some time before that. That's the last, like I said, the last main one. Uh, who? Wait, who else? Hold on. There's one more fight that I was excited about. From this week? No, from that oh. one. It's not really showing on the card, but they're supposed to have um, Montana De La Rosa versus Miranda Maverick. Oh, yeah, they just got that reset. But De La Rosa right? pulled back. Yeah, but De La Rosa pulled out. So it's supposed to be... I don't see her actually on the list, but I'm looking at Wikipedia. But, yeah, it's supposed to be uh, Aaron Blanchfield versus Miranda Maverick. I'm a big Miranda Maverick fan. I think that she beat Macy Bar- Barber in that last fight. Um, and I think she's one of those one of those fighters that's the future of the women's division. I th- but... I think uh, we have... A cool one this week with um, on the or on the Holloway card mm-hmm. between Felicia and Leah because I f- Felicia's yeah that that girl I feel tough. like that's kind of a could go either way but I think Felicia is going to tough that out like you just said mm-hmm. but we also have this week Cyborg over at Bellator again. That's that'll be a fun one to talk about. We're definitely going to talk about Cyborg and where she sits in the greatest of all time category. I think uh, she wins this pretty easily. I don't think anyone is left in Bellator for her to her to deal with. Um, I don't even know if going over to the UFC there'd be much left outside of that top, you know, one or two. I don't think she's ever going to be back in the. No, UFC I don't think again. so either. Um, I don't know if there's going to be anyone to overtake until maybe we see kind of the 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 peak of her career age-wise and moving down which seemingly when she fought amanda everybody was kind of like oh what's going on but her last fight was the best one of the best fights i've ever seen chris put on so um i don't know i think i think that's another super interesting one for me um i don't even know where you where you go from here, you just kind of keep feeding her, and I think we see that both from Amanda and her in the UFCs, right? Mm-hmm. In the UFC and the Bellator, I mean, uh, they, they kind of just run it. Um, and then you look at PFL, Kayla, um, Harrison; they all just kind of have it seems like a lock um, for their their spots up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also got Song Yudong versus Julio. I think Ars. I don't know really quite how to pronounce that last name. Ar- Ars. Uh, that's a that's an exciting one on the fight night card also. Uh, Song Yudong, those guys are both right on the cusp of breaking into the bantamweight top ten. Um, I think that Ars is just coming down to bantamweight and settling into the division, but he's got a win over Ige. How long ago was that? Oh, that was back in uh, 2018. That was his. Was that UFC? Not that was his UFC debut. Yeah, that was his UFC debut. Uh, he got in via contender series oh, okay. and then beat Ige okay. right away. Um, Song Yudong, they've got similar records. Uh, Song Yudong has got that draw. I mean, he is he probably hasn't fought anybody on Ige's level. I mean, 
Casey Kenny's Casey pretty Kenny's good. Casey Kenny's really good. He I like Casey Kenny a lot. He he got that split decision win over Song Yudong. Got a split decision win over Casey Kenny. Um, but that's one of those ones where we are also kind of to the point where we need more people popping up. Not really. Bantamweight is fucking ridiculous right crazy. now. But those guys have a stance, have a chance to break up into the top ten or start moving their way there. Um, but yeah, Bantamweight's also ridiculous. But we'll talk about that another time. We'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Give me, give me two <laughs> seconds to quickly shout out Chaos. Fighting this weekend on this UFC Net Fight Night card too. Chaos is from our hometown. Um, been blessed to be able to train with him way back when and it's been amazing to see where he's going uh really quick another one um colin anglin is from michigan as well from the brighton area i've been able to watch this guy go from an amateur as well as chaos um, into these pro ranks and now they're breaking into ufc and i thought it's been absolutely awesome so quick shout out to them before we wrap this up because we're both hometown homies chaos has been a hard one for me to pin down exactly because his fights have been so fast yeah right <laughs> it was fun it was it was it was good seeing him you know get a decision win in there um but that kind of let me know how good he was in general uh just coming through and just blanking people that fast it's hard to really get a feel for yeah. someone you know because i'm like damn this you know obviously i want to cheer from me he's from our hometown but when you come in like that, you're like, okay, are you Houston Alexander? Or you going to show real? us him? He's looked good, man. I, <laughs> but, um, I, I have a lot of faith in chaos, and he works his ass off. I know that firsthand, so I'm ready. Well, hell yeah. I'll be excited to watch that one, too. This has been the 12-6 podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll obviously cover what was and what will be. Uh, I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, you can follow us both on Twitch, uh, Champ Goose TV, and Hill Valley Video Store. And same thing all over the internet, Twitter, all of that. Just give us a Google. You'll find us. You'll find me. You might not find him. It doesn't matter. It's fine. 